0: Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guests. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm here with a little case of the flu, so forgive me if I sound a little under the weather today, but I am perky enough to talk to our guest, who is Dan Bateman. Dan is from Hanover, Pennsylvania, where he works in sales for a well-known pretzel company that you may be able to figure out from his location. Um, He also co-hosts a baseball and softball podcast, and he is a musician. Welcome, Dan.
1: Hey, Jen. Thank you so much. I'm glad I could come on.
0: Well, I'm glad to have you. So, I hear you've been living an intermittent fasting lifestyle for quite a while.
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely been uh, a few years, and um, I feel like I'm i am pretty experienced now.
0: <laughs> so, how long have you lived an intermittent fasting lifestyle?
1: Really, it started probably around 2015 is when I started doing it. It uh, wasn't 100%. It was more like the, uh, the dirty fasting, but it started around 2015.
0: So, how did you find out about intermittent fasting? What brought you to it?
1: Well. I'll try to, pardon the pun, cut the fat from my story uh, because <laughs> well,
0: it, we've got an hour. So, <laughs>
1: okay, perfect. We, we
0: need a little fat.
1: <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll definitely add some fat then.
0: Uh, All right.
1: So, I'm going to take you back to March of 2013. And it was actually my 29th birthday. And I remember it like it was yesterday. It was uh, my wife and my kids, we were hanging out at my grandmother's house. And I got a phone call that completely rocked my world. I found out that my father, who was only 54 years old, had a heart attack and passed away that morning.
0: Oh my gosh, at 54?
1: 54. 54, yeah. And it was uh, the oh no. worst worst birthday present ever, I tell you. And obviously, I was, I was upset for obvious reasons. But the thing that really hurt me the most, and it still sticks with me today, is my dad comes from A bloodline of longevity. My great grandmother lived to be 101. My great grandfather lived into his 90s. And my grandmother and all of her siblings are still alive and well today in their 70s and 80s. And, you know, it just hurt me to know that, okay, at 54, he had so much life left to live. And, you know, I figured he probably had another 30, 35, maybe even 40 to 50 years left. And from that, That news that I received that day, I should have used that as basically a springboard for me to say, hey, let's start taking care of yourself. You have a family. But instead, I spiraled in the opposite direction. I fell into a deep depression, started drinking very heavily and disregarded anything that had to do with my health and taking care of myself. And uh, fast forward. A couple of years later, 2015, I was at the heaviest weight I had ever been. I was at 268 pounds. And I'm six foot three. So I always used to tell myself, I can, I can hide that weight. It's easy to hide, throw on a bigger shirt. But you know, at 268 pounds, you just feel sick. Yeah. And, you know, I had so many. Things that had popped up after gaining the weight and being unhealthy. I was taking medicine for depression, anxiety, ADHD, indigestion, gout, inflammation in my joints, and also for irritable bowel disease. I had two colonoscopies before the age of thirty-one, so I was I was falling apart pretty quickly. And that's when I decided I'm going to do something about it. And I found a book by Brad Pilon called "Eat Stop Eat." And that was my first introduction to intermittent fasting. Now, <laughs> he he talks about using black coffee and water during your fast. For some reason, I couldn't quite do the black coffee yet. And I was like, all right, well, I'll do the water. But sadly, mainly what I was drinking during my so-called fast were diet sodas and sugar-free energy drinks.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I know. That. I used with, to, I, I get it because that's when I started fasting. I was doing the same thing.
1: Yep. I would do it and it would be very difficult, but I stuck with it, believe it or not. I was doing one to two days of 24 hour fasts a week. And you know, the I was feeling a little bit better, but not really. And I was losing a couple pounds here and there. So I figured, all right, I need to go to the gym, maybe run off the rest of this weight a little quicker and you know, maybe lift some weights to burn it off. And I ended up going to two of my colleagues. Uh I'm gonna throw their names out there, Bob and Kyle, because they helped me a lot. And these guys had the physiques I wanted. They had the success in their professional careers that I wanted. They were able to play sports and go to the gym and more importantly, wake up and not be in pain. And that was very, that's what I wanted. So I reached out to them individually and asked them for some workout advice. And they gave me some advice that I still use today. It was very helpful. But they also dug into my diet because they know that, okay, if my goal is to lose weight, I'm not going to run it off in a gym or I might be able to, but it's not going to be sustainable. And I remember Kyle had called me and said, man, I know what's going on. You got so much stuff going on in your body right now. And if if you don't fix that, you're never going to be able to stick to a gym routine. You're going to be in pain. You might see a little bit of progress, but it's not going to be easy. And um, so he ended up introducing a book to me called The Whole 30. I read that in a couple of days and I immediately started implementing it. I cut out all the processed food and for 30 days, I just ate real food. And at the end of the month, I felt fantastic. I still kept up with my fasting. I felt fantastic and I ended up losing a little bit of weight. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to stick to this for as long as I need to. And when I started trying to implement the other foods back in my life, I quickly found out that my body does not react well to gluten, grains, and sugar, which is unfortunate because it's the most delicious foods.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Especially when combined all together, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do this for as long as I need to fix my body. I ended up implementing a no sugars, no grain lifestyle. And um, I learned that through Vinny Tortorich from reading his book. And I still eat that way, probably 90, 95% still today. And I kept up with my fasting, but I changed it. I do uh, OMAD one meal a day throughout the week because it works out with my sales schedule and I do 16 and 8 usually on the weekends. But uh, you know, through doing that for over the next like year and a half, I ended up losing between 40 and 50 pounds. I still had like 20, 25, maybe even 30 pounds that I, I wanted to lose because it was all in the belly. It was that visceral fat that I was terrified of as the most dangerous. Right. So I was like, why am I stuck? Like I couldn't even have cheap meals without blowing up. And I was trying to figure out like how why am I so stuck right now? And I thought about it, I said, I'm pretty strict throughout the week. It's got to be the fasting. And I ended up finding Jason Fung's book and read that and I heard him and I heard Megan Ramos talk about the black coffee and I'm like, "Eh, (laughs) no, 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 not not yet. No, I'll just cut down on the energy drinks and whatever. And then I was searching for his other book and I accidentally found yours by mistake but it wasn't a mistake. <laughs> Yay!
0: A happy accident.
1: Exactly. And I listened to a sample of it and I was like, I know that voice. I've heard it on a podcast before cuz when I started looking for the intermittent fasting, I just searched for it in the podcast and and I and I'd heard your podcast before. So I ended up listening to it and there it was, you were talking about the black coffee again and the clean fasting. And I don't know what it is, Jen, maybe it's because you're a retired teacher, or maybe it's the motherly feel that I get when I hear you talk, but I listened for some reason. And I immediately, I didn't think anything was going to change because I was already off of all my medicines. I got rid of everything. Um, I lost that weight and I didn't think I could feel any better, but I immediately started feeling better. and Like my mind was sharp. I wasn't hungry anymore. Like during my fast, I wasn't getting hungry, which was amazing cuz you know, over the past year and a half I'd been doing it the wrong way and just felt hungry all of the time. That extra weight that I was carrying with in the next, you know, 2 months, 3 months, it just melted off and the um, last
0: 20 pounds?
1: Yeah, the last 20 pounds and I am for the first time since 2002 at 200 pounds. Exactly. I woke up this morning, I was at 200 pounds, which I have not seen in forever. So I'm at 68 pounds of uh, total weight loss right now.
0: Wow, that's awesome. I love, love, love hearing that. And, you know, I had to go kicking and screaming. You know, you heard my story. Jason Fung was the one that finally convinced me to give up my my sweeteners. And I've actually heard people say, and y'all, that's not why I tell this story. I was able to lose weight. Dan was able to lose weight. We were able to lose weight. Without clean fasting. I don't tell you that so that you can say, well, Jen and Dan lost weight without clean fasting. I can too. We tell you that to let you know that once we switched, it changed everything to the point that we couldn't believe what it was like before. Just like you said with the hunger, it changed it so much that I would never go back to the other way.
1: Yeah, and I see that all the time on the group on Facebook. You know, I actually just yesterday saw a post that someone had, had put up about, you know, can I do the dirty fasting? Because it sounded like Jen lost all this weight, right? Uh, and I was, you know, I commented on it because although I did lose that weight, like you said, it it took a lot of work and it, it was a lot of hunger pains I was dealing with, and it wasn't easy at all. And it's it just the freedom you get and, and the feeling that you get from doing clean fasting is absolutely amazing.
0: Exactly. And also, I had started back up the weight gain roller coaster. I had started to regain. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness I found Jason Fung's book when I did, because I wonder how many people you know, do intermittent fasting without the clean fast, and then they they quit because it's too hard, and then they or they regain the weight, and they they say, oh, well, that just shows intermittent fasting didn't work.
1: Mm-hmm. When yeah. really,
0: it was the fact that they weren't really fast and clean.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I think as well, and, you know, I'll tell just a quick little story here now. I was almost 100%. The diet that I'm on is basically a ketogenic diet, and as a ketogenic person, you know, you burn fat uh, pretty quick. And, you know, at one point I'd heard, you know, adding heavy cream to your coffee isn't going to really affect your fast because your body will burn it off real quick. And it'll just get you to go further. And I use that to my disadvantage. Um, I would put a little cream in my coffee, but then I'd have four or five coffees (laughs) in a morning. And so now I'm no longer fasting. I am low calorie restricting. That's, that's all I was doing. I found myself, you know, on Friday, I'd weigh myself, be at my lowest weight, and I'd be like, yes. And then Saturday, I'd have a pizza with my family and enjoy, you know, indulge into something I don't eat during the week. And then I'd weigh myself on Monday, and I'm not lying, Jen. I was at at one point between 8 pounds and 16 pounds heavier than I was on Friday. And I was like, how is this possible? I can't even have a cheat meal. This is, is it was kind of depressing. right? And, you know, because I thought, you know, I, even though I love eating the foods that I eat with eggs, bacon, steak, all that stuff, sometimes you, you need it. You need to have that and enjoy yourself. And it really, it's tough not to put yourself into the shame spiral when you see how much that you can gain. And I, I think it all just came down to my body wasn't completely rested. My insulin wasn't completely down and that's why I would spike so easily. So
0: Yeah, and also a lot of that is retaining the water. Because if you're eating mm-hmm. keto during the week and and then if you were having a lot of carbs, your body you know, carbs bring water along with them. So you retain a whole lot of water to go with those carbs. Mm-hmm. So like I remember when I would try low carb, I dabbled in low carb. It, low carb doesn't work for my body. Right. I appreciate and recognize and believe that there are many people whose bodies do work better with low carb. So the fact that mine does not, and my body doesn't, yours does, we're different. But yeah. whenever I would try low carb, I would quickly lose four pounds and then just that was it. Mm -hmm. I think my the for me carbs bring along, you know, it was four pounds of water I hold on to, you know, perhaps with the added carbs. But as soon as I would have a a carb meal again, boom, there were those four pounds back. (laughs) But yeah. But yeah, I one time went on a girls' weekend. This is back in I think twenty fifteen. It was right after I'd hit my goal weight. I was still weighing, but I left on a Friday, super slim, went on my girls' trip. We ate, we drank, we were merry. I got back home on Monday. I was nine pounds up. Yeah. So yeah, we, we ate like in a Japanese steakhouse. Oh, yeah, we had yeah. all the food, all the drinks. So look, I get it. But luckily I didn't freak out. I was like, all right, I know what it was. I went right back to my intermittent fasting routine. And by the next weekend, I was back down. So
1: yeah, it's amazing uh, how it works out. And it just, the like I said before, the freedom I have now with the clean fasting, I could have a pizza on on a Friday night with my family, and then there's no real big difference for the next. Oh, really? Morning. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. And that, so you're
0: not seeing that big, the no. big up and down. Okay, nope. see, I was just totally wrong because I was just saying it was the water.
1: Well, I don't know. I, I'm thinking it's mainly for me is I, I wasn't ever letting my body just settle down, you know, and do what it was supposed to do. So, I mean, it could be different. It might be just anecdotal, but I think it's pretty cool.
0: Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to go back to that nine pound weekend. And in hindsight, that was before I read the obesity code. So maybe, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that, that could be it. All right.
1: Yeah. You never know.
0: Yeah. I was blaming the, you know, the weekend, but really that could have something to do with it. (laughs) Now you've given me food for thought.
1: There we go. (laughs) <laughs> or some fast for thought.
0: Fast for thought. I'll never know because I don't weigh anymore because I threw yeah. my scale in the trash. But
1: <laughs> I think for me that I, I want to get to that point, but right now, like every single time I see that change, it's a win for me. And I right. think once I get to my goal, I, I which I'm I'm very close to my goal, but uh, once I get to that, I think I'm just gonna be like, All right, well, I know I'm not gonna blow up based on the way I'm way I'm eating, the way I'm fasting. You know, I feel like I'm right. I'm safe.
0: Yeah, and I'm not anti-weighing. I know people sometimes get the mistaken impression that I think no one should ever weigh. Weighing served me very well as I was losing weight. You know, especially since I did the daily weighing with the weekly averaging, which helped me see my trend. So I used it as a tool to know when I needed to tweak what I needed to change. I'm a big fan of using the scale as an objective measure like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. that's kind of like. For me in the gym, if I don't track my weight and like what I'm doing and lifting, I feel like it's pointless for me. So I kind of use that as a stepping stone where I can be like, all right, well, I'm here. My next goal is this. I'm here. My next goal is this. So just baby steps and it. It feels good for me now, but I can't wait to not obsess over it.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So um, I bet since you've been doing a weight lifting program, too, I bet you've really had a lot of body recomposition.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah, I have I haven't seen uh, you know muscles that I have right now. I haven't seen them since I was in high school and it was just like one of those things where I was like, "Wow, I thought they were gone," you know? And uh, you know, after cutting a lot of the fat a- away from, you know, my body, it's just it's been great and then it's it's nice to be able to go to the gym and actually see the difference now, you know, and and the way that things fit on me and Just kind of seeing the little changes, that's another thing that kind of helps me get to my next goal.
0: It really is fun. I've just started Pilates. I don't know if you've seen me talk about it in the groups, but Mm -hmm. I was doing nothing. (laughs) And now (laughs) I'm doing Pilates. And it's a lot of fun to see. You know, the changes, I'm like, ooh, my leg, it's got some definition right there where it didn't before. And yeah,
1: they're all healthy changes. And it just, it's nice to see. And it's cool because my wife sees it and my, my kids see it. They're like, oh, you know, my, my son will always say, Daddy, flex your muscle. You know, it's, oh, it's I re- love that. It's really cool. And my uh, my daughter does it as well. So it's, it's really neat.
0: How old are your kids?
1: My daughter's going to be 11 this year and my son's going to turn uh, six in a couple weeks.
0: Oh, those are great ages. Elementary school. Well, your daughter's in is she in middle school yet?
1: Well, she's in her last year of elementary school.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. You just wait. You're in for a little bit of a, you know, middle school.
1: Oh my gosh. I have uh, <laughs> been an uncle for a really long time ever since I was 11, so um I <laughs> I I've dealt with all that with nieces and nephews, so yeah, I'm I'm prepared but not prepared all at the same time. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's a fun ride. You're, you have a many more years of fun ahead of you. So um, <laughs> let's talk about, I, I wrote down that your buddies gave you some great workout advice. Mm-hmm. And could you share some of that with, with our listeners? We love great workout advice.
1: Yeah. Well, what was kind of cool is Bob comes more from the traditional bodybuilding kind of side of it. And Kyle came from more of the CrossFit part of it. So with that information that I got, I, you know, I, I go to planet fitness, so I don't have all of the equipment that I absolutely want to my disposal. So, I'm able to take the bodybuilding part of it and mix it in with the full range motion kind of uh, workouts, whether it's with kettlebells or just using dumbbells in a non traditional sense. Just doing, you can look up different exercises online for full range motion uh, while using dumbbells and different things like barbells as well. I don't do much of like the power lifting or anything like that. I kind of keep it, I don't know, dumbed down just so I don't end up hurting myself. I'm, 35 almost now. Come on. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so they really taught me how to split up my days, how to work certain parts of the body at one time um, and then let it rest. And so now I do I do three days a week, sometimes four, but usually it's Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Honestly, I don't go to the gym for anything. Other than strength training, um, I do a lot of walking for my job. I'm in and out of grocery stores every single day. So I get my cardio in one way or another, but I do mainly strength training and I'm usually in the gym for about an hour at the most.
0: All right. So you go to the gym an an hour, three to four days a week. So that's not not too punishing of a routine
1: no no and and i i love it it's i have this uh these cool apps on my phone that kind of they send me different workouts every single day that i'm there so i'm I'm never doing the exact same thing and you can kind of it's neat because you can pick the types of workouts that you want to do and i have a workout buddy as well um it's actually my, my friend chris he's actually somebody that i introduced intermittent fasting to um a few years ago it was right when i had started my intermittent fasting and He actually did it without telling me. And I told him I figured it would go in and one ear out the other. And he ends up calling me six months later and saying, hey, buddy, I just wanted to call you and say thank you. I was like, for what? He's like, I'm down 40 pounds since you told me. And he started at 375 pounds and he's now 227. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: So he has lost 150 pounds? Yep with Intermittent Fasting.
1: Intermittent Fasting. He did change his eating as well, but Intermittent Fasting, he's been doing clean fasting longer than I have. He's been doing clean oh. fasting since day one.
0: Yay, Chris.
1: Yeah. So he's, he's awesome. to him. Yeah. He just joined the group. I sent the book to him and I said, you have to read this and I'm not inviting you into the group until you read this because I don't want you to ask any <laughs> stupid questions. <laughs>
0: awesome. You're like, hey, I know you. I'm vouching for you. Yeah. Come prepared. Love it.
1: He's actually an inspiration for me, too, because just when I think it's getting hard for me or if I have some silly you know, goal that I didn't reach, I see him and I'm like, you know what? Come on.
0: That's wonderful. That I mean, that's dramatic. 150 pounds. Yeah,
1: I think awesome. he, he probably added another 30 years to his life. I, I guarantee it. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, he, I mean, he is, he's saved his, has saved his life.
1: Yep. And he's got uh, four kids. So, you know, he's, he's got some kids at wife and, you know, he's, he's got to be around for a long time. So I was, I'm proud of him. That's fabulous. It, it, it's such a good feeling to
0: know that you've shared this with a friend mm-hmm. and it's changed their life and their health.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I love it
0: you know we hear from people that they're afraid to share like they're nervous to share or that you know they're not comfortable sharing but i think we're at the point where it's out there intermittent mm-hmm. fasting is is i mean every day someone is now sharing you know in in one of the facebook groups a news article or a study or a clip from a tv show intermittent fasting is everywhere
1: yeah right now yeah it is everywhere it's one of those things that when I first started like the low carb lifestyle, I, I never wanted to tell anybody about my fasting. Cause you hear it, everybody that's doing fasting right now, there's always that person that says, Well, that's not good for you. Breakfast is the most right. important part of the of the day. And, you know, so I always stayed away from telling people about that. But then I would be super gung ho about my low carb life. There's fasting people that are like this, there's low carb people, there's vegans. A lot of people get super dogmatic about it. And they kind of let people know about it the incorrect way, and they they make it unappealing to people because they're so in people's face with it. And one thing I can say with fasting, um, you know, I was I was like that with low carb. I, you know, if someone said, "Well, I I'm doing a diet where I'm restricting calories," I'd be like, "Well, that's stupid," you know, and I and I would go about it the wrong way. And who's going to follow something from somebody that is talking like that? And I've I've learned to change my approach. Because even though I'm super excited about something and it's working for me, doesn't mean that this is the perfect thing for someone else. So I've changed my approach, but especially with fasting, I'll post things on my personal Facebook, the articles or studies that were done, and I kind of do it indirectly. But the thing that makes it really easy to share intermittent fasting is when I posted my, it was, uh, everyone was doing that 10 year challenge where you put, you know, right. a picture. Yeah. Well, I haven't been on Facebook for 10 years, so I didn't really have the, my, my first Facebook picture. But what I did is I just took a picture from 2015 and I took a picture from, you know, a few weeks ago and I had posted it and it was my before and after basically. And from there I got so many people that reached out to me and said, what are you doing? And I used to start with the low-carb thing and say, well, cut this out, cut this out, cut this out. And I'd say to him first, uh, well, I could tell you what I do. I, I, you know, I, I can tell you my diet, but the thing that's really helped me a lot that might be a good start for you is intermittent fasting. And I've learned to keep a couple of things on my phone that just kind of – They're just quick snapshots for anybody that wants to quickly come at you and say, well, that's not good to not eat or that's not healthy. I have something that I actually posted on the group. It says the benefits of not eating for 16 hours, and it lists all of the things. And it's a quick, like, I call it a one-sheeter, where it's one sheet that gives you all these benefits, and there's no way that someone can come at you after that and say, well, that's not healthy because it you know it just explains everything in a quick you know you can read that little little picture in a couple minutes. But that's what I like. My results speak for me. So then people reach out to me then and um, and ask what I am doing.
0: That's awesome, and. You know, I want to go back to what you said a second ago about the whole breakfast being the most important meal of the day that we, <laughs> yeah. we've heard. There's actually new research that just came out. You know, we're recording this ahead of time, right. but it just came out like three days ago as of the day we're recording it. Mm-hmm. There's a new study called Effect of Breakfast on Weight and Energy Intake Systematic Review and Meta Analysis of Randomized Controlled Trials. That's a mouthful. Yeah. But basically, they have found that. Huh? All those things you know that we said about you, know, you had to eat breakfast, or all these things were going to happen. Okay, not so much. Yeah. So I mean, new research is coming out to show. Yeah. Oh, that's not so true.
1: <laughs> that's what I love. Like all these studies that come out, and uh, you know, I saw the study that you had put out there about autophagy. All these things that we should have. All known about years and years ago, but unfortunately, um, you know, we got the wrong information for a really long time. And I always say to people, it's like, you know, this little secret that you and I, right now, Jen, are talking about, this little secret called fasting, this has been around for thousands and thousands of years. This newfangled fad <laughs> yeah. that we're talking about? Yeah, this has been around for thousands of years, yet we don't talk about it. The only times you hear it is from podcasts like this, books like you wrote, and then in, in church once a year, right? Um, (laughs) that's the only times you hear about it. And it's unfortunate because all of these simple things, if we could have just learned uh, in our textbooks or, you know, through, you know, the food guide pyramid, whatever, this would save a lot of people. And, you know, right now in the United States, we have the highest obesity rate that we ever had before. And diabetes is up and childhood obesity and diabetes is up. And it's, it's so sad, but it's, you know, it's good that we have podcasts like this because, you know, I can share this and it'll get to people that have been friends with me forever that may have not even realized I was doing this. But, you know, it's a way to get it out there indirectly.
0: I love that. That is so true. And I think we can expect to see two types of articles get ramped up. And like, like I'm seeing it already, you know, more and more, we're going to see articles that promote intermittent fasting and talk about how awesome it is. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, we're going to see articles that trash it and, you know, talk about, that it's not founded on science, or, you know, here's a study that found this, whatever. So we need to be ready for for both types of things to come at us.
1: Right. And, you know, I like saying this to people, you can get information anywhere. I mean, you you can go to the internet and search for anything, and you'll find good things about everything, and you'll find bad things about everything. The other day, I was looking for something to send somebody on YouTube. It was the benefits of intermittent fasting. And sure enough, while you're watching that video underneath, there's five videos on the dangers of intermittent fasting. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, you know, it's, it's so sad. But what I, what I always try to say to people is look at where your source is coming from, especially if it's coming from a friend who used to be this way and now they're better. I mean, you have there's, I know it's anecdotal and a lot of people don't like to read into that just because, you know, they've heard their entire lives that, you know, you have to eat right at first thing in the morning and it's got to be a healthy green breakfast and have your orange juice and your apple. And I've never seen anybody eat a breakfast that big in my life, by the way, but <laughs> But yeah, they, you, we're all taught this, so it's easy for them to say, you know, I'm I'm not going to listen to you, but, you know, really find out who you're getting the information from. Does this person have some sort of agenda outside of it? And I mean, just look, just look at the sources, but it's tough. It, it really is tough. And it's sometimes you see scientific data and you think, well, this is, this is legit, but then it's not really scientific data. It's it's coming from someone that's just writing about something they believe in, you know? So it's tough.
0: Yeah. And th- There was a recent article that came out about intermittent fasting claiming it was no better for health benefits when compared to the people who were, like, eating the same number, whatever. Yeah. Um, And you have to dig deep into the study to figure out what does this headline say but what is really, really happening in this study. Right. And it turned out that the participants only did it for eight weeks, first of all which is really short. Right. You know, the health, my health benefits didn't all pop up after the first 8 weeks, mm-hmm. you know. It took 2 years for my inflammation to be low enough for my allergies to go away. And actually, when I think about it, that was also right when I started to fast clean, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first season I didn't need allergy medicine, but you look at the studies, this study specifically that I'm talking about, they they were having all sorts of things. I think they were allowing them to have broth. They were having you know diet sodas yep and so i would like to see some studies where the people are actually fasting with just water and black coffee and tea
1: yeah i agree i agree there's actually other studies i can't uh, you know i, I can't really Reference them exactly, but um, you know, I, I heard about studies before about the dangers of red meat and all this stuff. Well, you know, they didn't take into account also these people were also smokers, or these people were also right. eating a bunch of uh, carbohydrates. You know, and, and sometimes when you mix the two together and you eat that diet all the time, it's not as healthy for you. So it, it's it's kind of skewed information. It does. Yeah.
0: It's like the whole theory of skipping breakfast makes you fatter that that people just have been repeating over and over because the people, you know, we've been told breakfast is important. So people who were trying to be healthy were more likely to eat breakfast, whereas the people who, I mean, you know, and you can't just say, oh, well, skipping breakfast made them you know, unhealthy, mm-hmm. but it was the fact that the healthy people were trying to establish healthy habits. And one of those was the breakfast they were. Anyway, you just, you can't untangle
1: these factors. Yeah, it's ingrained in our logic and our knowledge and all that stuff because it's just all we've heard about our entire lives, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Now I want to go back. You talked about it at the beginning that you were on a lot of medications. You had a lot of health conditions. You were taking medications for depression, anxiety, ADHD. You said gout, mm-hmm. irritable bowel. Am I forgetting anything?
1: Uh, indigestion. Um, also, I, had, I was taking... Basically the same medicines for my joints as uh, people that have rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I, my arthritis was so bad, I, I couldn't even sit on the floor and play with my kids without my wife having to like help me pry my legs open so I could stand up. Oh, gosh. It was bad. And if I would fall asleep on my arms, she would have to help me straighten my arms in the morning because the inflammation was so bad. So you're not taking
0: any of those medications anymore? You don't have any of those conditions?
1: I take a multivitamin. Wow. Yeah. That's it.
0: See, that's that's just you want to come off of medications. Yeah. We we don't want to be medicated.
1: Yeah. For me it was I was looking at my my medicine cabinet and I was like, wow, I'm taking seven, eight different pills every single day. Some of them I had to take numerous times a day.
0: Seventy did you what seven. Oh, I thought you said seventy. I no, misheard no. you. Seven. Yeah. Seventy is crazy. No. Yeah. Seven is a lot though. Yeah,
1: it was it was it was way too much for me. And you know, I kept getting sick because I would have, it was like a side effect of one would cause me to have to take another medicine to work on the side effects of that. And it was pretty bad. And all that medicine in my stomach, I am sure my gut was just tore up. You know, there, there was probably no like healthy flora in my stomach anymore. I'm sure. And, um, you know, with the, the ADHD, you know, I'm putting that in air quotes because something happened to me around 2014, 2015, where, I just couldn't focus and I had this job that was so stressful at the time before I got the job that I have now and I needed some way to focus and it still started with, uh, you know, 10 milligrams once a day of this ADHD medicine and then you it just started adding up because the death doesn't work for you anymore. So, then you take 20 milligrams and then you take 20 milligrams twice a day and it's dangerous. It's very dangerous and, um, you know, I, I'm just glad I'm, I'm done with it.
0: Well, now you have those ketones in your brain that oh your gosh. body makes during the fast. So yeah. you got your natural clarity right there. Yeah,
1: it's 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 awesome. The best way I can say what it feels like now, um, like if you ever, you know, if you're sprinting or you're going for a long run and then when you're done, that feeling that you have where like you're so focused, that's the feeling. And it's weird. It happens right around like... 16 hours of a fast that like it's or actually between 12 and 16 you start to feel it and it's funny because i have that app that life app for my uh, for my fasting and when i start really feeling that feeling i look down i'm like it's got to be about 12 hours right now and sure enough it's right there and it's amazing your body knows what it's doing and it does it for a reason
0: and and it just flips right over it does yeah, a study came out, I think, yesterday. <laughs> the, the, the people are all, always share them when they do. Mm-hmm. And we've seen studies before about the metabolic effects of, of fasting. And another one just came out where they're investigating it further to find out you know why, what's happening mm-hmm. necessarily in your body at, when you're fasting. And they I think it was 58 hours they had the subjects fast. Mm-hmm. And basically, the metabolic rate goes up when these people are fasting and it's all these different things are being released into our bloodstream. We have all these different natural chemicals coursing through our veins that our bodies are, are kicking out. And it gives us a lot of positive effects, you know, the clarity that you're talking about, but it's also boosting our metabolic rate.
1: Yeah, it's pretty nuts. And you know, a lot of people when they hear about the fasting and drinking the black coffee, they just assume that you're focused because you're drinking black coffee. But you know, When I first did the clean fast, I was drinking probably three to four cups before, you know, because I was doing one meal a day during the week. So, you know, I would just stop at at the gas station, get another coffee and fill up. But, you know, now I have one at home and then I have one when I'm on the road. And I think it's basically because I just feel so darn good that I'm like, all right, well, I'm not hungry. I, I'm not feeling sluggish or anything like that. I feel amazing. There's something going on in my body right now that it's obviously a positive thing. And I just, I just kind of go with it.
0: So you don't need to have coffee after coffee. You just have your coffee and no, go on.
1: Exactly. Sometimes I do just because I love the taste of coffee. And I learned right. I believe it or not, I love black coffee now. And I have not Me too. <laughs> I have not had a coffee with heavy cream in it since I started doing this because I enjoy it so much. So, so some days I, I will put I'll drink a coffee after another, and but you know, it's it's not super excessive.
0: Well, I was a big latte girl back in the day. I think that's why I ended up being obese. I think it was the lattes. <laughs> I drank I drank them one after the other, Yeah, but um, I was on a f- cross country flight and my window was open and I, it was going to be, you know, time shift, time change. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and have coffee. My window's open. I'm going to have it with cream and sugar because like a dessert. Right. Because cause I can. And I, normally I don't drink coffee when my window is open just because it keeps me awake if I have it too late. Mm-hmm. You know, the caffeine does. So I was like, this is my chance to have a delicious coffee, like a dessert. And I had the flight attendant bring me the coffee with the cream and the sugar. And I poured in that cream and I poured in that sugar. <laughs> and it was awful. I was like, this tastes so wrong. It, it was like it ruined the coffee.
1: yeah I-,
0: I had to have her come back and swap it out.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that because I we went shopping the other day and um, you know we went to Target and I always used to love going to Target because I can get myself a caramel macchiato and walk around right. and shop all at the same time and I you know I haven't had a caramel macchiato since 2015 and it was about three weeks ago we were in there and I had you know I had been clean fasting for about a month or so at that time. And I was like, you know what? I'm not seeing these spikes. I'm going to get a caramel macchiato and see how I feel and, you know, see what it tastes like. Oh, I couldn't finish it. It was...
0: Did it taste disgusting? It was
1: so like, I, I felt like it was stuck in my mouth. I couldn't get it out. Like it was so syrupy and I, I just...
0: Did it taste like rat poison?
1: Um, I, I've never I never thought of it that way. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I can tell you that I wasn't finishing it.
0: Yeah. I say that because I had a gingerbread latte one holiday season. Again, my window was open. I, I think I had a decaf gingerbread latte. And I, that used to be my favorite that I looked forward to every year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what's wrong with this? I had to throw it away.
1: Oh, yeah. It's weird because I feel like I always tell people that when my wife and I were dating um, you know, 13 years ago, we would go to the diner all the time. That was our thing because I was a musician and she was someone that always hung out with, with people that were in bands and stuff like that. So we would always hang out at, at diners until six in the morning and we would just sit there. We, we were broke because we didn't, you know, we didn't make any money really. But we would just sit there in these diners and just drink coffee after coffee after coffee. And he used to tell people like I was like a fly. I would put so much <laughs> sugar into my coffees. And, you know, I, I remember being at gas stations and like just packet after packet after packet um, and, and just dumping the sugar and sweet and low or whatever it was in there. And I, I just can't believe I can't even try that now
0: yeah it is amazing how our tastes change, so people who think they can't do the black coffee, I mean, I hear that so often they think they can't. you can we promise you can change, Dan and I change, yeah, and if we can change, you can change,
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's really it's it's just like a little it's a little mindset trick, and it's just you it's not that you have to like trick yourself or anything like that, but it's one of those things where you tell yourself, okay let's just let's just try it for one month. Let's try it for one month. Well, how difficult is that? You know, hold your nose when you drink it in the beginning. who knows? do do something like that. People are adding pink Himalayan salt to it, which actually I tried that. it does it does make it a little better, but I stopped doing that just because it was that was too much work for me. so oh, yeah, <laughs> so um you know, I just tell yourself I, I'm gonna do it for thirty days, and if I can't tolerate it, you know, switch to tea or whatever it is, but it's just that it's one little thing that changed in your life and, and you could have so many benefits by doing it like tons of benefits. There's people that are struggling to lose weight, you know, who knows if they are, are you doing it a hundred percent? Are you really doing clean fasting or are you adding sweet and low to your, to your black coffee or, or are you drinking diet sodas or, um, or did you read somewhere about putting heavy cream in your coffee? Like I did, all of right. that stuff is delaying it and you're missing out on so much, so many benefits and you know, just, just do it. Tell yourself, Hey, this week I'm going to do it for this week, one week, I'm going to drink black coffee and it really doesn't make it as tough. If you know that you're just going to do it for a week, and then by the end of the week, you are like, you know what? It's really not that bad. I can't believe I was complaining about this. I really think it like resets our taste buds it somehow. Does.
0: I for so long I I've said this before um in a, in another episode but I I ate like a toddler or like <laughs> a teenager and I never got yeah. past that. I mean I was like a 40 something year old woman who still had the you know the palate of a teenager probably right. or a child because I ate you know highly palatable foods, fast food, junk yeah. food, sweetened foods, all those lattes and when I switched to intermittent fasting and then eventually the clean fasts and started drinking my coffee black. I really think that expanded my palate to the point that now I can eat vegetables that I never would have eaten before and they're also delicious. Yeah. Like I like Brussels sprouts. Oh my
1: gosh, I love give me some Brussels sprouts and I'll cook it in either coconut oil or butter and put some salt and pepper on them. Oh my goodness. It's it's amazing. yum. It's amazing. And and besides uh, outside of making your taste buds change, it also for example, before this interview, I was at my daughter's basketball game. And afterwards, it was the end of the year pizza party. And so there I was. I knew I had uh, about an hour and a half before I was going to be talking to you about fasting. And I was already 16 hours into my fast. And I'm like, all right, well, I could indulge in this right now. But I was not hungry. Like I, I smelled the pizza. I smelled there was spaghetti. Uh, my son got spaghetti. All these things. And that trigger in your, in your brain doesn't go off. I'm in grocery stores every day. So I walk through the bakeries and my product is in the deli. So I'm passing all this grab and go food. And I smell this delicious food around me all the time. And it's so strange that, you know, I used to, my stomach would just gurgle. and am like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to break this fast. Or I need to go get another coffee with cream in it. Um, and now I don't have that. It's like a weird, like little trigger switch that's flipped.
0: I think you're right. That we know we're not eating right now, so the sight or smell of food, we just can put it out of our minds. Yeah, I can work with it. I made my family French toast this morning. Yeah, I mean, I don't even. It doesn't even cross my mind. I'm just. It's like you know. I'm, I'm just. It's like I'm doing the laundry. It's, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not not a big deal. I, I wasn't even. I used to, early on in the process, I think I used to be a little more remorseful, like, Mm -hmm. I'm cooking this food and I can't have it. Yeah. But now I'm like, "Mm."
1: I think a nice little trick for that is, you know, stay busy. Do something, especially when you're first starting, because, you know— don't expect things to happen right away because your body has been taught to do something for 20, 30, 40, however old you are and for that many years. And all of a sudden you're trying to tell it to do something different. And, you know, it's it's obviously there's going to be a little bit of a, uh, a, a grace period where you have to kind of go through a little bit of struggle. But the thing that helps me the most is. Find some things to do, and it actually makes you more productive, especially on weekends, because during the week, I'm fine because I don't have any issues trying to figure out what to do because I'm working, you know. But I don't know on the weekend, there's a lot of time to do nothing, but there's also a lot of time to be able to do things like, you know, clean clean your house, do some dishes, go run some errands, whatever it is. As soon as you do that, your mind completely forgets about that hunger feeling that you had and uh, just keep yourself busy. I think that's a huge, huge trick. If you're sitting in, you know, obviously if you have a job where you're sitting down all day, that could be a little tough. But if you're sitting down all day and you have downtime to think about this, there's got to be stuff you can do at work to increase productivity. There's got to be.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Just keep your mind off of it. And, you know, because we turn to food for so many reasons, many of which have nothing to do yeah. with hunger. Yep, I agree. So let, let's talk about food. You've mentioned earlier, you said you did an elimination program. You mm-hmm. did whole 30, and that led you to the realization that gluten, grains, and sugar don't work well for your body. Correct. And then um, now you're keto?
1: Yes. So how did you transition? My body would still be okay with like dairy and cheeses and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, well, what are some ways uh, I could eat? And I actually ended up here in. Um, a podcast with Vinny Tortorich and then I got his book Fitness Confidential and I, I started reading that and I learned about the lifestyle of just cutting out the sh- sugars and grains. And that's that's really how I started doing it. And I was a hundred percent for the most part, except for my fast. Because <laughs> so I cause he does not right. you know, Vinny does not talk about he 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 thinks the diet sodas and all that stuff are Cut that out. You don't need that. But I wasn't listening, and I was I was doing those anyway. But yeah, for the most part, that's pretty much what I've been doing. But you know, I do have my cheat meals, and I have my my cheat weekends. I guess you could say sometimes. And you know, I just I don't beat myself up about it anymore, just because I'm not seeing the the spikes that I was talking about before in my weight.
0: Do you think you'll ever reintroduce certain foods um, just to see how how your body reacts to them, or do you just feel better without them?
1: For me, I just feel better and, you know, I will eat, we'll, we'll get a pizza, you know, maybe once every other week and just kind of eat pig out as a family. I feel it almost immediately in my gut. It's a pain. And unfortunately, I I love the taste of it. And that's kind of why I eat it. But you know, I, I do feel the pain, and then the next the next morning is usually the worst for me uh, when it comes to that. But I kind of take it in spurts and you know, I, but the sugar thing, you know, with cake and stuff like that, I, I'm it, it's not as bad for me. I used to have the super crash. That was actually the first thing I found out after the whole 30. Um, Eating sugar because that entire month I wasn't getting that three o'clock feeling anymore. Right. uh, Where I would be tired at work. And I drive all day. So, you know, that three o'clock feeling could be dangerous. So when I had a sugar back in. I was just like, oh, man, I feel this. So then I'd hold my sugar off until later in the day. And that was a little better. But then I was tired when I got home with my family. So um, so I, I just feel better with it. It's just a personal preference for me. And I feel like I'm at the most optimal um, at that point.
0: Well, that's you know really the power of intermittent fasting because we each are able to figure out what foods work best for our bodies. You know, For me, I have come to the realization over the past few months, sugar doesn't work well for me either. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little bit sad. Yeah, it is it is sad. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, I've had the flu this week today. I, um, you know, I feel like I need some comfort food, right? Mm-hmm. So I was at at the grocery store today, and I was loading up at the olive bar, my favorite olive mix with the feta and everything. Oh, yeah. and I'm just gonna eat that as soon as we stop this. I'm gonna go eat that right now. That by sounds the way. really good. As soon as we're done, that's what I'm gonna eat. But. You know, I I looked longingly at the ice cream, and I could totally have ice cream, but I've realized that it gives me restless legs. Yeah. Sugar. Sugar does that to me. And I'm like bummed about it, but, you know, I can still have it if I want, but I know I'm going to have to suffer with some restless legs. And I'm not saying that intermittent fasting made that happen. Intermittent fasting just pointed it out, because I suffered from restless legs for years. Yeah you know, way before intermittent fasting. And I didn't, didn't have a connection. I didn't know what it was, but now I do.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a similar, had a similar issue and I always blamed it on being a musician because I always, I'm always just moving around. I, <laughs> I used to play the drums and all that stuff. So I always figured that was the reason why my legs would never stop moving and all that. But it, it's, it's crazy now that I, I don't eat sugar all of the time. It doesn't have as much. I can actually Look at my hand, and it's completely still, even after having a couple of coffees. It's completely still.
0: <laughs> but if you have sugar, well, you start to have like a little tremor, kind yeah, of thing.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just like start bouncing around. And I, I've noticed that with my kids too. Like I'm not a huge person on trying to change my kids' diets or anything like that, you know, because kids are kids, and you know, kids need different things than adults do and we always try to focus on at least if you're going to eat something that's not technically really healthy for you at least you know make healthy decisions somewhere else during the day and I can tell, like, when my son, uh, thank goodness for wrestling, but when my son has uh, has sugar, I mean, you can just see it, it, him just start to bounce around and, and just not start, not focus. And, I mean, it's always a cliche thing that you always hear, like, oh, he's going to be bouncing off the walls. But um, And then there
0: he is, bouncing off the walls. And there he is,
1: bouncing off the walls. And it's, it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As, as a teacher for 28 years, I can absolutely oh, tell you, yeah. it is not made up. It is true.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I guess you would know it better than anybody, huh?
0: (laughs) Oh, definitely. And they also are bouncing off the walls at a full moon. So, yeah, that's also true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And also on days that are not full moons and all the days, basically kids are always bouncing off the
1: walls. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, We are really getting close to the end of our time, which always goes by so quickly. Yeah, it has. So I like to wrap up with – you giving your best advice to someone who's just starting off with intermittent fasting or um, what you wish you knew when you had first started out?
1: Well, the the thing that I'll, I'll cover it in a couple of different ways. Okay. So as someone who is new to this and you've found success, even on the chat groups that we have on Facebook and out in, in public, Be careful how you approach people with it because you can turn them off really quick. You know, it's kind of like if someone gets into a makeup business or, you know, whatever, and all of a sudden they're just down your throat. Hey, hey, you should join my business, join my business. That's kind of the same feel you get. I mean, people know that they should probably change their diet or try something new. They don't always want to hear it the way that you want to present it to them. So I I just want to say that for the people that are having success. For the people that are just starting, I'll say this. I said in the beginning of the podcast, my dad was 54 when he passed away and my great grandmother, she just passed away two weeks ago at 101. And the reason I say that again is there's a huge gap in between 54 and 101. And we don't know if tomorrow is going to be the day that we're done or if it's going to be 50 years from now. So I don't care if you're 18 years old and you're listening to this or you're 80 years old, it's not too late to start taking control of your health. and doing something like intermittent fasting, it can reverse so much garbage that has happened and damage that you've done over the past 20, 30, 40 years to your body. I feel so passionate about it. And I think that you know, just trying these little things like, hey, make it a goal to make it to the end of the week drinking black coffee. You know, Try to make it to 11 o'clock. Then next week, make it to 12 o'clock. Then next week, maybe even push it to one, who knows? But just make these little changes. and I, And I promise you, you may not see it right away, but you're gonna be able to eventually have the results that you want. It'll slowly start to happen, but they will happen. And people will then start reaching out to you and asking you, how did you do it? And then you can in turn help them save their own lives.
0: I think that is a beautiful message. And I'm so sorry about your recent loss, but oh, 101. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's sad because she probably could have lived even longer. She she broke her femur a week before oh. she passed. And that was, you know, unfortunately that you hear that a lot with a broken bone. Right.
0: Their bodies just yeah, they just can't take that kind of stress on the body.
1: Yep, but she was she was awesome, and uh, she heard she, heard her, she had a good diet, and she loved to swim, and and she was always active. So it was I great. think that's
0: important. We got to stay active. That's you know, yep. I want to be the one hundred and one year old Nana
1: who, you know,
0: is telling stories about back when today, when, when nobody knew about intermittent fasting, except for (laughs) me. No. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: it's funny. I told my kids, I said, well, listen, I need you to guys to make sure you're always conscious of of making healthy decisions. I'm never going to say anything other than that. You know, I'm not going to push my kids too hard when it comes to, uh, you know, that type of topic, but I will make sure that they're making healthy decisions. And I tell them, I'm going to live to be over 101 years old. So I need you guys to be around. Right. So let's start making those healthy decisions as much as you possibly can.
0: Well, I love that. And on that note, Dan, I'm going to have to say goodbye. And thank you so much for chatting with me today.
1: Oh, it was great. I'm so glad I was able to come on and share my story. And I hope it helps someone else down the road. Thank you.
0: at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.